Hey guys, welcome to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast, where I interview interesting people in the electronic music scene who are raving for a cause and making the world a better place. Hosted by me, Amy Farina, aka MC Unicorn. Tune in Fridays twice a month to hear incredible stories, advice, and insider tips from ravers, artists, industry professionals, and more. And as always on this podcast, I interview people with different views and opinions that do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those of my own or those of Drop Bass Not Bombs. And if you're planning on raving this weekend, no matter where you are, check your local guidelines, look out for your friends, and party safe, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share a quick message from one of our sponsors and one of my favorite rave brands, Rolita Couture. I recently partnered with Rolita Couture on their mission to celebrate women of all shapes, sizes, and colors. They have fun and unique pieces that make you feel comfortable and confident. They just released a new collection called Cosmic Ying Yang. So whether you're going to ADE or EDC or just want to look amazing and feel confident, head over to RolitaCouture.com and use my code MCUnicorn for 15% off. That's M-C-U-N-I-C-O-R-N, no spaces, and RolitaCouture.com because sexy has no size. Hey guys, welcome back to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. Today we have a really different kind of show for you guys. Instead of our usual interview format, it's just me, myself, and I totally solo in my studio, aka my attic. And yeah, I'm just going to do an Ask Me Anything. So you guys sent in questions. You sent them on Instagram. I got some emails. I got some messages in person over text message. And we're going to answer all of them. (laughs) So yeah, this is the first one I've done. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, We're going to start first with kind of fun personal questions, kind of the random questions. And then next, we'll get into more music-related questions. And then last... Uh, We'll talk about the questions about my MC career, about Drop Bass Not Bombs. And yeah, I have some big announcements for you guys. Actually, exclusive announcements that I haven't told anybody yet. So stay tuned to the end for that. Okay, so let's jump right into the questions. So first question, what was the first job I ever had? (laughs) Um, This is really funny, actually. The first job I had, I was 12 years old and I was a referee for like youth soccer for the town, (laughs) but I wasn't very good. Um, I wouldn't really pay attention (laughs) and uh, the parents would get mad at me because it was like really competitive for some reason. So I was like yelling at me like, that's a bad call, ref. And I'm like, your kid is five, like take it easy. Um, But yeah, it was like Saturday afternoons. It was horrible. I'm pretty sure they only gave me a few dollars per game. Uh, But yeah, that was my first like official job, I guess. And then, um, yeah, if we want to get more technical, first real, real job I had uh, was a camp counselor. And then from being a camp counselor, I got hired to teach and coach gymnastics. And that was at my local YMCA. And that was really awesome. Uh, I taught and coached the kids there. And yeah, went on from there to like teach and coach at a lot of different places. And I was doing gymnastics at the time anyway. So yeah, it was a great job. And my local YMCA actually gave me a scholarship for college and yeah, opened up a lot of doors. So yeah, that's that's my answer to that question. But sometimes I laugh thinking about how I was like a soccer referee for some reason, even though I don't know anything about soccer. I don't know how I got that job. All right. Next question. What is my spirit animal? So... You probably think I'm going to say unicorn, which, of course, I am MC Unicorn. But if we're talking about animals that are present in this world, in this universe now, because unicorns are real. So um, my spirit animal is a dolphin, actually. At least that's what I think. I think I have a lot in common with dolphins. I'm very friendly, talk a lot. I like to be around people. So, yeah, it's a dolphin. What anime do I like? So I am obsessed with Sailor Moon. I've loved Sailor Moon since I was a kid. So that's number one. Number two is Rurouni Kenshin. Uh, It's an anime from the 90s, also known as Samurai X in some countries. Uh, It's really, really awesome. You guys should check that out. And then last is Agrasuko. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's a Netflix show. Definitely those. I would say it was my top three animes. But I also used to watch Inuyasha, too, which was good. And of course, Pokemon. 
Does pineapple go on pizza? Yes, yes. I don't know why people are always fighting about this. Pineapple definitely goes on pizza. It's delicious. Put pineapple on pizza, put ham on pizza. I think the only thing I don't like on pizza is fish. Um, Yeah, I don't like tuna on pizza. I don't like sardines or anchovies or anything like that on pizza. But everything else I like on pizza. The more things, the, the merrier. More the merrier, the better. What is your favorite snack? Hmm. I like popcorn. I like chips and salsa. Yeah, I would say popcorn and chips and salsa are my favorite snacks. Probably my go-to snacks. Also, cheese and crackers. Maybe just add some wine. Add <laughs> wine, cheese, and crackers. Those are my favorite snacks. Okay, favorite video games. Well, I think everybody knows what I'm going to say. For this question, obviously, Dance Dance Revolution. It's the greatest game of all time. Uh, it defined me as a child uh, and got me into electronic music. So first, I have to say Dance Dance Revolution. Second, I have to say The Sims. I love The Sims. And third, back in the day, Animal Crossing for the GameCube. That was my jam. I'm looking forward to playing it for the Switch, hoping to get a Switch soon. Um, but yeah, those are the main. And yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon, I would say, also back in the day was a favorite for me. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, playing that again now on the PC. So that's been really fun. What are my favorite movies? So I thought a lot. Of, <laughs> I thought a lot about this question. And instead of just saying what my favorite movies were, instead, I categorized them um, by decade. Uh, so I just want to shout out my favorite movies. And yeah, for me, I'm kind of in this phase now where I'm mostly watching things that were before 2010 especially when it comes to like romantic comedies and comedies. My favorite genres of movies are yeah, comedies, romantic comedies, and like superhero movies. That's pretty much about it. I hate scary movies. Um, not super into like drama or sad movies. Yeah, especially movies that I don't expect to be sad and then they're sad. I feel like that happens a lot now. So, okay, starting with movies from the 80s, I wrote down Beetlejuice, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Dirty Dancing those are three like top ones for me from the 80s, but there's a, a lot more. I think 80s movies are great. Favorite 90s movies, The Sandlot, Clueless, and Pretty Woman. So they're definitely three that I've watched a million times, and now I kind of want to watch them again. Favorite movies from the 2000s, Mean Girls, Superbad, and Legally Blonde. Favorite movies of the 2010s, She's Out of My League, Popstar, and Deadpool. I just want to say Popstar is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Not a lot of people know about it. It's extremely underrated. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Um, it's basically the Lonely Island movie. And if you don't know who Lonely Island is, go and look them up because they're amazing. And it's just it's a fake. What do you call it? It's a mockumentary. It's a mockumentary that's kind of critiquing the modern day pop stars in the U.S. And it's just so funny. It's so telling. The songs are really good. Just go and watch it. And my favorite animated movies of all time would be the Lego movies, uh, the first, second, and the Batman one. I like cry laughing every time. My Neighbor Totoro, that's a classic anime movie. And The Jungle Book, if we're talking about just old school Disney. Who is my favorite Avenger? Hmm. This is a tough one. I guess I'd have to say Doctor Strange. I think that's my favorite of the Marvel movies. I really love that story. Um, yeah, I would say he's probably my favorite. And then Thor would be second. What are some things I'm interested in learning more about? Well, I want to learn how to surf. I definitely want to do learn how to do regular surfing, kite surfing. Yeah, just more about extreme sports, water sports. I want to try skydiving. I just want to do learn more about these kind of extreme sports, active activities, that kind of thing. As a topics that I want to know more about, uh, definitely graphic design, video editing, audio editing, that kind of thing would be really awesome. I'm also learning Dutch, so I'd like to learn more Dutch. <laughs> if someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? So for this, I would like David Attenborough, Neil deGrasse Tyson, or Morgan Freeman to narrate my movie life because they're three voices. I mean, sometimes it does put me to sleep because it's so relaxing, but I just love their voices. And I think it would just be really funny because my life is kind of bizarre and strange. And then to have kind of these serious, 
<laughs> narrators, the juxtaposition of that would be, yeah, would be really awesome. So I think I would want them to narrate the story of my life. What's the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? Well, it was actually horrible. Uh, one of my friends came to visit me from the U.S. and he brought me the spiciest chip in the world. This was probably, I don't know, three or four years ago. And it was a chip, like a Dorito kind of chip. that came in a coffin and it was made from the Carolina Reaper. And it was so spicy. And you can Google. I think there was like a thing uh, a few years ago, like the one chip challenge. This is the chip. It was like a YouTube thing. Um, I don't know if there's any videos of me. I hope not. But it was horrible. Oh, my God. Like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, crying and then drinking milk. And I'm lactose intolerant. So that's like never a good idea. And then I couldn't get the powder from the chip off my hands. I went to take my contacts out later and burn my eye. I mean, it was like. <laughs> 30 minutes of yeah like ah, ah, yelling uh yelling and crying so I would not recommend the one chip challenge I hope that's not a thing anymore it's really horrible <laughs> but uh yeah that's the spiciest thing that I've ever eaten I think for sure why don't you have a TikTok account <sighs> well I did make a TikTok account um, just to like follow some people and like watch some videos. Uh, but I ended up deleting it from my phone. Um, I really like TikTok, but yeah, I just like, I get sucked in. I already spend way too much time on my phone and too much time on social media. And I just like, can't keep up with all the apps. Uh, I have like, you know, Facebook and Instagram. That's, that's enough for me for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, TikTok, I'm, Maybe we'll get into it again because I did enjoy watching some funny videos. But yeah, it's just like it's too much. I, I can't keep up with the apps. It's there's too many. And uh, yeah, I already spend way too much time on Facebook and Instagram. So I think that's good for me for now. <clears throat> OK, so this next question is cereal soup is hot dog a sandwich? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought about this one, but I still don't really have a good answer. I think it just goes. I think you just need to think, how do you define what cereal is and how do you define what soup is? If cereal is like a grain or granola type food in milk, then like, no, cereal is not a soup. But is soup a cereal? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for this one. I enjoy cereal and I enjoy soup. I don't think cereal is a soup and I don't think soup is a cereal, even though they are made of things that float in something else in a bowl. I, I just no, I, I don't think so. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, um, a hot dog is just a hot dog. Um, I guess if we're getting technical, it would fall in the category of sandwich. But again, it depends how you define sandwich. Um because there's all different types of sandwiches. And maybe it also depends like where in the world you are. I know in the U.S. like where you are defines how you say what a sandwich is. So certain places call it a hoagie. Some call it a grinder. Some call it a sub. Some call it a sandwich. Um, I think there's other other ones. But yeah, maybe in some places a hot dog is a sandwich. But for me, a hot dog is a hot dog. So that was it for the personal kind of random questions. Uh, now we're going to move in now to the music related questions. So first question, what music are you obsessed with right now? OK, so I listen to a lot of music. Um, I'm just going to give you some artists that I've been listening to now. So first, I want to talk about Satura. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He is a Schranz and techno artist from Germany. It's like hard techno. And I discovered him from the Nature One live stream. I was watching the Nature One live stream over the summer while I was cleaning my house. I just had it on the background on the TV. And his set was on. I never heard of him before. I was like, oh, my God, what is this music? It's amazing. And now I always play it when I'm cleaning the house. So it just like makes me clean so fast. And yeah, I hate cleaning. So it takes my mind off of it. I think his music is amazing. Definitely go and check him out. If he ever comes here, I'm definitely going to go and see him. But yeah, it was really cool because I just randomly put on this live stream and discovered him. So I would like to go to Nature One uh, Festival if it happens next year. That would be really cool. And yeah, check out Satura. 
Um, again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I hope so. If someone knows, please correct me. And if someone knows if he's coming to the Netherlands anytime soon, let me know. I would love to see him. Uh, so the next artist, this is really random. For people who know me, you might be really surprised when I say this. But I have to say, I have to admit that I am obsessed with cheat codes. They are amazing. You can say what you want about them. Um, they're my ultimate guilty pleasure. They're an American um, EDM group, I guess you could call them. They're kind of pop, big room house. I love their music. I love their songs. I love the videos. I think it's it's amazing. It's just really good, feel-good music. And yeah, I've, I've never seen them live. It would be really cool to see them live. I'm not sure how long they've been around. I discovered them kind of recently, but they have a lot of collaborations with um, other artists as well. And yeah, it's just their music. It makes me feel good. It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. Uh, I love good, cheesy, like romantic lyrics. And yeah, I just think they're great. Uh, next is Alphonse. So I discovered him, I think, last year. He's from Sweden. I would say the music he makes is like Melbourne Bounce. I'm going to talk about Melbourne Bounce a little bit later. Um, his It's just awesome. It His songs are funny. He has songs. He has one song about Corona. He has one called Ganja Man. He just has really funny songs, but with a really bouncy beat. So definitely go and check him out. And also, if he ever comes here, I'd like to see him live, too. I'm not sure where he performs. But yeah, his music's really good. And I started listening to it throughout the pandemic. And yeah, just got kind of got me through and made me laugh and made me smile and doing little dances around the house. <laughs> Next up is one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, Bill X. If you know me, you know I love Bill X. He is from France. He is a French core DJ and producer. He plays hard tech also, and he just perfectly puts together Psytrance and French core, which are two genres that I love. And yeah, he also uses a lot of like Indian chants and different influences into his music. And it's just it's awesome. Definitely one of my favorite artists of all time. You guys should go and check him out. I've seen him live a few times. Really cool. And yeah. Just the music, it, it, like I said, it's just it's just the mixing of genres. And I know a lot of people are doing that now, but he was one of the first and just his songs. And he has a lot of tracks to it, Dr. Peacock, which is awesome. But yeah, definitely go and check him out if you don't know him already. Uh, next up, Loud Luxury. So they're from Canada. They do kind of Deep House, Future House. You guys might know the song. So I think it was on the radio here in the Netherlands called Body. Uh, but they have a lot of good songs. I just feel like lately I've been listening to a lot of house music and EDM since the pandemic. Um, yeah, I don't listen to as much hard dance in my house anymore just because, yeah, it just gets me like pumped up to to go nowhere. So <laughs> I feel like I just started listening to a little bit more chiller music again. And if you guys know me, my background is actually not in hard dance. It's more in trance and dubstep and big room. And then it kind of transitioned into hard dance. So now I'm kind of going back into house and trance. So yeah, it's it's been really cool and loud luxury, similar kind of with cheat codes and it's it's kind of just this feel good music. You listen to it and like puts a smile on your face. It feels good. It's relaxing. Uh, next is an artist I just discovered from another podcast. They're SODF. They're from Australia. Also house music. And yeah, I've just been jamming out. Um, also kind of in the same genre. And last, Brahim, they're from Norway and they're kind of EDM, big room. They do a bunch of remixes. They have a remix of like Heaven is a Place on Earth, which I love. I've been, Yeah, I have to say I've been listening to a lot of like uh, remixes lately, just EDM, Deep House kind of remixes of older songs or pop songs. And yeah, just music that makes me laugh, music that makes me feel good, music that just, yeah, I can clean the house or you know, do whatever too. So yeah, so that's that's it for the music that I'm obsessed with right now. So you can check out those artists on Spotify. I'll also link to them in the show notes. So next question, what are my favorite genres of electronic music other than hard dance? Yeah, so number two is definitely Psytrance, like I've said before. Um, really love Psytrance. I, I like all kinds of trance, I would say. Yeah, vocal trance, hard trance, but yeah, number two, I have to say Psytrance. 
And uh, artists for that, I would say look up Simon Patterson, Asterix, Vinny Vici. Those are some good uh, Psytrance artists to start with. Uh, other genres, Melbourne Bounce, which I'm going to get to again in another question later. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of a genre that has died, but love, love, love it. What would my dream nightclub look like? Oh, well, this is something I've thought about for a really long time. I actually came up with this idea a few years ago for a club called Cupcakes and Chaos. So if you know me, you know that I have two sides of me. I have like pink, unicorn, rainbow, Amy, mermaids. And then I have kind of a, not a darker side, but yeah, a dark side, <laughs> a darker side. So Cupcakes and Chaos would be a two-story club. So first you walk in and it's a really cute. Think like pink, Hello Kitty, Sailor Moon, Instagrammy cupcake shop. Where you can get, yeah, Hello Kitty cupcakes or Sailor Moon cupcakes or cupcakes from your favorite anime, Totoro, like all that on cupcakes. The cupcakes would be all different flavors, some with filling inside, some kind of alcohol inside. Those are really good boozy cupcakes, all that kind of stuff. You can get bubble tea, you can get frappuccinos, just really cute cafe. Then you go down into the basement and that's chaos and it's a nightclub, cages, fire, uh, a lot of dancers, definitely aerial hoop performers, aerial silk, just a lot of aerial, a lot of aerial performers um, because that's what I'm all about. Maybe I would perform there. Who knows? And just fire and cages and just straight terror. If you don't know terror, look it up. It's uh, one of the more fast, extreme genres of electronic music also speedcore just hard music and the club would just be 24 hours and then the best part would be that you could order stuff from the cafe to the club so let's say it's four in the morning you're drinking with your friends and you're like I really could go for a cupcake well you can order the Hello Kitty cupcake and they will just bring it to you downstairs and then you never have to leave because the place is just 24 hours of cuteness cupcakes and chaos so that's my dream night club so if anyone wants to help me get that set up, I would really, I would love that. Next question. How many raves, <laughs> how many raves have you been to? Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. Hundreds. I don't want to say thousands, definitely not thousands, but it has to be somewhere in the hundreds because the first rave I ever went to was in 2009. It's now 2021. Yeah. Okay. There wasn't much in 2020 or 2021, but Definitely between 2009 and 2013, when I was in college in D.C., I was going out three, four nights a week. Um, so that was a lot. And then, yeah, I mean, for a while, it was almost every weekend. Every weekend I was seeing DJs, whether it was at Fur Nightclub or Echo Stage or U Street Music Hall or at a wa random warehouse uh, in uh, in northeast D.C., um, yeah, I mean, for a while. And then I would go back to visit my family and I would go to clubs in the city. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many hundreds, a lot, a lot and not enough at the same time. <laughs> now I really miss it. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to go from something that was such a big part of your life to now is just it's hard to even imagine, imagine it. And even though events are coming back, it's, it's just it's not the same. And I just I hope at some point we will have big events again even better than before but yeah for now um just just patiently waiting yeah now it's hard to fathom going to parties four times a week raving every weekend or yeah raving multiple times a week because now it's like there's not much going on of course and the events are much smaller and it's just everything is a bit more complicated but yeah, and I mean, I am older now, too, so I will not be going to things four times a week anymore or even every weekend anymore. Unfortunately, I don't have the stamina, <laughs> but uh, cheers if you do. And yeah, I really those were the days. Those were the days. And I look back on them really fondly. And I'm really lucky to have gone to so many raves all over the world and seen so many DJs. And I hope there's more to come. What's the biggest rave you've ever been to? Um, yeah, I guess the biggest were Electric Zoo New York, uh, EDC New York and DEF CON. So probably between, yeah, 50 to 70,000 people is probably the biggest, um, yeah, festivals I'd say I've been to. 
Um, I yeah, I've never been to Tomorrowland. I haven't been to EDC Vegas. I haven't been to Ultra or Creamfields. So yeah, I say the biggest probably around like sixty thousand, maybe seventy thousand people, maybe max a hundred thousand people. Um, so not not that big, but pretty pretty big. What was the first festival I went to? Oh, it was Electric Zoo New York. That was in 2011. Yeah, it was really awesome. Uh, I went with my best friend and roommate, and we took the Chinatown bus from D.C. to New York. And it was actually pretty funny. Uh, one of the rest stops on the bus, like some people got out. We decided to stay on the bus, but some people got went out to like go get some food. And I'll never forget the bus driver was like, OK, 10 minutes. Everyone has to be back on bus 10 minutes. And if anyone knows the Chinatown bus, they've changed, I think, now. But back in the day, it was like really chaotic. So 10 minutes pass and like not everyone's back on the bus. And then he just starts to go like he just starts to leave the rest stop. And you just see all these people running, like running from the rest stop with their McDonald's like, wait, wait. And he's like, I said 10 minutes. And like it was just so funny. I'll never forget. And that kind of like set the stage for the whole weekend. So, yeah, we just we went to Izu and it was amazing. It was so incredible. I remember the last night I've talked about this before, but the last night on day three, seeing Armin Van Buren. And at that point, I had never seen him before. Only listened to him on my like iPod shuffle or whatever I had at the time. And it was just epic with the fireworks. And like, it's just there's no place I'd rather be. And that kind of did it for me. And then after that, I've been to, yeah, a, a lot, a lot of festivals. Uh, I would love to go to Izu again. Didn't make it there this year. Maybe some other time. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my first one and it was so memorable. And yeah, I remember my favorite sets still, I don't know why I still remember this, but my favorite sets from that weekend was like bloody beetroots was really awesome. I remember seeing Skrillex and this was back in the day Skrillex and was really into dubstep at the time. That was really cool. And, uh, yeah, that was my first festival. What raves do you have coming up? So I'm actually going to the U S next week. And I'm going to see Eric Prids November 26th in Brooklyn. They haven't announced location yet, but I'm really excited about that. I've never been to an Eric Prids solo show before. I've only seen him at festivals, so it's going to be really cool. If you guys don't know who he is, definitely go and check him out. He is famous for his visuals, and he has a thing called the Holosphere, which is this big, giant sphere that hangs from the ceiling and projects all kind of crazy visuals. So I'm really excited about that. I have my ticket already. I'm vaccinated. I will be there. And yeah, maybe I'll see some of you guys there. If you're going, hit me up. It'd be cool to do a Drop Base Not Bombs meetup. Well, that rhymes. <laughs> and then the next night, because I'm already going to be in Brooklyn, I'm going to see Ali and Fila. So this is crazy, actually, because I haven't had like a double header rave um night in years well it seems yeah i guess years it's corona it seems yeah years um but it kind of reminds me of uh i think it was 2012 maybe 2011 in dc we had this thing called super glow and it was at the stadium armory and first night it was avici uh, may he rest in peace and the second uh night was armin van buren and it was insane like both shows were at least, I don't know, feel like 10 hours each. I mean, there was a lot of openers and obviously Armin played for a long time. He always has like extended sets. Uh, but yeah, it was like back to back. It was crazy. Basically like coming home after partying, then sleeping a little. And then I remember just putting like a frozen pizza in the oven and then like going back <laughs> to the stadium armory. So it was wild. Um, obviously, that was in my youth. But um yeah, it's going to be interesting to do two raves back to back. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. And yeah, I'm not having raved in a while because of Corona and getting older should be interesting, but it'll be fun. So Ali and Fila, it's going to be at the Quantum in Brooklyn, and that's on the 27th. So if anyone else is going to that, hit me up. It'd be cool to, yeah, to meet up there. And I'm excited to have two raves in a row after so long. And to be raving in New York again is always amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and some people I haven't seen in a really long time. Then when I'm back in the Netherlands, I am most likely going to Prospect. I just want to shout out that one of my good friends, my girl Kilborn, she just got signed to Prospect and she's going to be playing there. She's actually playing in Amsterdam uh, now as well. So definitely check her out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see her December 4th. And yeah, that's uh, in Rotterdam at the Masilo.
And then most likely the following weekend, I'll hopefully be at Thunderdome. And uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Thunderdome is a legendary hardcore party. It originated in the 90s and it made a comeback in 2017. And there was one in 2019, but I didn't go. And they're doing one in 2021. And that's at the Yabbers in Utrecht. And that's December 11th. I'm pretty sure that's sold out. But uh, maybe there's going to be more tickets or people will find a way there. But yeah, so I have some raves coming up. I'm really excited. It's going to be good to go back out again. Um, I've gone to a few small things this summer, but yeah, not much. So it'll be good to be back out there in full force. So what's the furthest I've traveled for an event? So furthest I've traveled probably was I, me and my friends, we drove probably 10 hours, maybe it was 11 hours uh, from New York to Pittsburgh. We drove from Queens to Falcon Park in Pittsburgh, not in Pittsburgh, but like outside of Pittsburgh. And it took so long because the rain was really bad and there was traffic. And yeah, we stopped a few times. I think it was like 10 or 11 hours through the night. Um, Yeah, driving from New York to Pittsburgh in traffic with rain. That was probably the farthest I've traveled. I also flew from the Netherlands to Switzerland to go with Rob G. And yeah, that I mean, obviously I went on a plane. So that's probably also the farthest that I've traveled was uh, from Amsterdam to Switzerland. Um, Also with Rob G, we went from the Netherlands to Belgium, like on the French border for Sowapi Festival. That was probably like a six hour drive. But I'm used to drive like in the U.S. We're used to driving really far for events. So we've we've driven all over for festivals. So it's not really weird for me uh one time for my brother's birthday uh we drove five hours from connecticut to the canadian border basically (laughs) to see feed me and yeah so i'm used to it i'm used to traveling but yeah i think that's those would be the farthest that i've ever traveled for an event okay next question what are my dream festivals so festivals that i've never been that i want to go to i have so many I just tried to make a short list. So number one, definitely number one is Boom in Portugal. This is a side trance festival. It happens every two years. It just looks so cool. It looks amazing. Uh, I've been to Portugal once with my family, but I've never been to a festival there. And I think Boom would just be awesome. Number two. uh, Wait. Number two would be SXM. This is a festival I just found out recently um, from a podcast. It's in St. Martin and it's on the beach. And I think it's like an all-inclusive kind of resort festival. It's techno. This is something I want to explore more. Um, I've never been to like a festival on. Okay. Yeah, I've been to festivals on the beach, but like on a real beach, not like a man-made beach. And it would just be cool to go somewhere, all-inclusive resort and just yeah, just stay there and then have the festival during the day, come back to the room at night. Yeah, it's something I want to look into. I know there's a lot of them right now in Mexico too, so maybe something for the future. That would be really cool. And I it would just be so nice to like have a festival on the beach, nice weather. That's kind of one thing I miss going to so many events in the Netherlands. It's like freezing here. It rains all the time. So it would be really nice to go to a festival on a tropical island somewhere nice and warm. Uh, And yeah, be able to go swimming as well. The next one on the list, this one frustrates me so much because I had the chance to go. I thought it was going to go so many times and every time it didn't work out. And that's Decibel and it's here in the Netherlands. Decibel is a camping hard dance festival. And yeah, since I moved here, I've been trying to go. And then every year something came up, whether it was like, my dog, she had an operation. She's fine now, but she had an operation um, or I was in between jobs or Corona. This time it was Corona. I had a ticket. was supposed to go and Corona. So every year around Decibel, something comes up. So hopefully 2022, I already have my Saturday ticket. So I'm hoping to go there. It's definitely on my list. Um, while I'm talking about Decibel, I want to shout out Mysteryland too. I didn't originally put this on the list, but I've never been to Mysteryland and would love to go to Mysteryland. Next is Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi is a Psytrance festival in the Netherlands. It's multi-day. It's kind of like a big hippie festival. It's on the water. It just, it looks really cool. And it looks like I would get along really well with the people that go there. Um, And it just seems like a place where people are also doing yoga and meditation. And 
that's one thing I like about festivals too. It's not just about the music, but it's about the community. And a lot of times they have activities um, at festivals. So they have like workshops. Um, I know in the U.S. it was really popular to have like shuffle workshops. At Fantasyland, I went to a Hawken workshop, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, candy making. For those of you who don't know candy, it's yeah the, the rave bracelets that they make in the U.S. and the U.K., um, yeah, sometimes they have talks, meditation, yoga. Like I like to do that kind of stuff at festivals too. I think it's really fun. Sometimes they have workout classes. Yeah, just like kind of cool creative ideas. Obviously, you're going there for the music and your friends, but it's nice when there's like some alternative activities to do. I'm always down for activities. Next up, Tomorrowland. Um, I've worked at Tomorrowland before, but I worked at the breakdown. So that means the festival's over, everybody left, and then I came to break it down. And uh, I, w- I used to work um, doing some stage building and some lights and we're doing lights and things like that. And yeah, I, uh, I got sent to Belgium. It was pretty funny, actually, because uh, I took the train from, I think, Rotterdam to Antwerp, and I had all my stuff with me because we were camping. Um, I was carrying a ton of stuff. And I get to Antwerp and I I had I guess I didn't get the ticket online to get to Boom. So I went up to the counter and I told him I'm going to Boom. And he's like, you missed Tomorrowland. <laughs> he's like, it's over already. I'm like, I know I'm here for the breakdown. But he probably thought it was so funny, like carrying all this camping stuff. I'm like, yeah, Tomorrowland, I'm going to Boom. And he's like, it's over already. <laughs> but um, yeah, Tomorrowland, it's one that's definitely on my list. I mean, that's, it's just that's that's. It's it should be probably number one on the list. But yeah, there are a lot of festivals I want to go to. But Tomorrowland would be amazing. Uh, I think I would I don't know, like it just seems so massive. Um, So many stages, so many things to see and do so many people from all over the world. I've seen every documentary about Tomorrowland. Uh, There was one that was on Netflix for a while where they told stories from people all over the world who go to Tomorrowland. So following people, you know, from Africa, from Australia, from the U.S. and how they ended up there. And I think that's probably the most diverse festival in terms of attendees that there is for electronic music. And you do have all different types of stages and genres. And yeah, I'd like to go maybe next year. Last, last but not least on the list is EDC Las Vegas. So I've been to EDC New York two times, uh, 2012 and 2014. It's not happening anymore, but EDC Vegas, always been on my list. Definitely want to go. I will make it there eventually. Uh, that is the biggest electronic music festival in the world. And yeah, I, I got to go there. Um, I'm always watching like videos about it. Uh, a lot of my friends are festival vloggers in the U.S. or kind of rave influencers, and they're always posting like, you know, packing list for EDC or what to wear to EDC. And I'm like watching and listening, just like, I want to go. And uh, EDC is actually like coming up very soon. So I've been <laughs> been watching all these things and listening to all these things and I'm not going. It's just, yeah, I don't know why I'm listening, but I'm like, oh, look, good tip, good tip. I'm not even going, but yeah, that's, that's it for my list. So if you guys have any other festivals that you think I should check out, let me know. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a million more, but those were the main ones. What are some festival tips for first timers? What are some festival tips for first timers? Well, I could do a whole podcast episode about this. Um, there are a ton of tips that I have. Number one, no matter what is pack extra socks. Doesn't matter if it's a camping festival or a regular festival. If you're in the Netherlands or in a rainy country, bring extra socks. There is nothing worse than when it's muddy and dancing in the rain and your feet get wet. Just bring extra socks. Maybe even just bring extra clothes. I had a situation in EDC New York where it was very rainy and very, very cold. And I got soaking wet and I needed to buy a whole new outfit. And yeah, it's it can be that's expensive, especially if you're not planning on purchasing a ton of merchandise, a whole new wardrobe at a festival. So bring an extra pair of clothes. Almost every festival has lockers or you can put it in your tent, but just bring extra clothes. Whatever you're you're bringing with you, bring extra just in case it rains, it gets muddy. My second tip is planning ahead. 
So, of course, checking the weather, but also just being prepared for everything. I'm pretty good with this, actually. When it comes to festivals, I'm like the lady that has like 10 bags, like so much stuff because I bring like if it's camping, I'll bring like a cover for the tent in case it rains and like a tarp for under the tent, like extra blankets, pillows, snacks, like drinks, you know, yeah, again, extra clothes, all my toiletries, like just being prepared for wherever you are. So that's checking the weather, checking the terrain. Um, definitely wear sneakers. Don't, don't wear heels. Just, just don't. Um, you're going to break, <laughs> you're going to break your leg. Um, your feet are going to get stuck in the mud. Uh, I know we all want to look cute at the festival, but definitely just dress comfortably if you can. Uh, Thermalist was prepared for rain, but I already said that, but I'll say it again. Just in the Netherlands, prepare for rain. Some reason every year at DEF CON, it rains. Almost every festival I've been to here in the Netherlands, it rains. It just rains every day. So just be prepared for the rain. Get a poncho. Um, yeah, maybe not an umbrella, but get ponchos, uh, extra clothes, tarps, canopies, all that kind of stuff. My next tip is that festivals are a marathon, not a sprint. So if it's multiple day, just take it easy on the first day. Don't go crazy on the first day. I've seen that happen a lot. Just pace yourself. Take your time. You don't need to go hard on the first night. Just take it easy. Take it easy. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You're there for three days. This doesn't just go with partying, but also for your schedule. So when I first started going to festivals, I would make a schedule, like literally I would print out the timetable and then take a highlighter and highlight who I want to see and like make notes. And like, I think I have a picture of it somewhere from like one of the EDC New Yorks. I remember like Carl Cox, like putting a big circle, like must see him again. Um, And I, because I'm a crazy person, I had different colors. It was color coded my schedule. So like, okay, this was a must see. This is like, maybe I'll see them again. But the thing is, when you've been raving as long as me and going to so many things, you, you please don't, don't do that. You, you don't do, just don't. You waste so much time and then you get sad when you miss the artist you don't want to see. What I would recommend, if it's the first time at the festival, yes, look at the lineup and maybe just choose a few. You're like, I definitely need to see this artist at this stage or this. But do not make a crazy schedule. Do not set reminders on your phone. Do not do like color coded highlights because then you're missing the best part of the festival. And that's where you just walk around and you meet random people or you just go to a stage that you've never been to before, like that random side stage. And sometimes at festivals, they have secret stages or they just have random art cars, which are really cool or a shipping container that's now a stage that's playing music. So don't kill yourself with the schedule. Don't go crazy. Just pick a few artists and and that's it. Just go and have fun and keep an open mind. And don't forget about the openers. This is what I want to say too. Don't forget about the openers. Don't forget about the talent stage. A lot of festivals have, uh, it's called the talent stage or the newcomer stage or people that won contests. Go and check them out and support your friends. A lot of my friends have played on those stages. I'm usually the one there like at 11 a.m. when the festival first started. Like, yay, in the front for my friends. And yeah, be that person. Um, as much as we like to see the big big name artists, go check out those small stages too and just walk around and have fun. Don't be running around trying to get from here to there. Just enjoy yourself. It's supposed to be fun. So that's all I want to say about that. Um, next tip is coordinating with your campsite. So coordinate with your friends. Maybe one person can bring a hairdryer or one person can bring the drinks so that you're not the person bringing everything because I've been that person before. <laughs> you're carrying everything and then you're like, why did I bring all this stuff? This was a waste of space and it's all heavy and now it's wet because it was raining. So yeah, don't uh, don't do that. Next tip is budgeting ahead of time. This should be obvious, but obviously you save money up for the festival and you save money up if you need a plane or a train or the transportation, but also budget money at for the festival. Like especially in the Netherlands, you have to buy tokens. It can get really expensive. Maybe you want to buy merch. Maybe there's some unexpected Uber you have to take. So just save a little extra, plan a little extra, and you will always drink and eat more than you thought you did. So you might think, oh, I'm only going to have like, you know, get 50 euros worth of tokens, but you'll probably spend more than you think you will. So just budget ahead of time. 
My last tip is stretching and hydrating. Uh, this probably goes without saying, but especially if you're getting older, yeah, just stretch. You know, you don't, if you're going to be dancing for 12 hours for three days in a row, just, just do some stretches in the morning, stretches at night. I've heard people bringing foam rollers. This is something I keep hearing um, on like festival tips and things like that. Foam rollers. That's a really good idea. But yeah, I'm just all about stretching and drinking water water when i say hydrate drink water hydrating is not with vodka (laughs) drink water stay hydrated and stay safe those are my festival tips for first timers what is the most underrated genre in electronic music so melbourne bounce i'm gonna say it again i love melbourne bounce this is a genre it had its moment i guess like 2012 2013 please someone correct me if i'm wrong um unfortunately it's not a thing anymore for some reason Uh, I wish it was. I think a lot of the big artists who were doing Melbourne Bounce, like Will Sparks, TJR, Timmy Trumpet, Joel Fletcher, they all went on to do other genres of music now. But yeah, if you have a chance, go to Spotify, put on a good Melbourne Bounce playlist, and you'll see what I mean. It's really awesome. I wish it would make a comeback. Next question, thoughts on using phones at raves. Uh, Do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell people what to do. Do whatever you want, because for some people, that's their job. You know, if you're content creating or you're you have to be there to film something, then, of course, you need to be on your phone. And some people enjoy it through their phone. So I'm not going to tell people what to do. The main thing is just having fun, being safe, letting people do what they want to do. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, So the artists I've seen play the most combining all appearances so there's a lot. Benny Benassi, I was like obsessed with him in college. I don't know how many, anytime he was anywhere I saw him. <laughs> there was probably one span of time where I saw him like six times, maybe even a row. It was just anytime he was somewhere, I was there. So Benny Benassi, Rob G, of course, dear friend of mine, see him a lot. Dirty South, <laughs> there was a time where I saw Dirty South a lot. I remember at Electric Zoo 2011, um, a bunch of artists canceled and Dirty South would just play. And they even like tweeted like anyone else cancel want to cancel so we can play. So, yeah, that's a yeah. Dirty South. I've seen a lot. And last Armin Van Buren. I've seen him everywhere uh, here, there, everywhere. So it's really awesome. So those are the artists I've seen the most. Next question. Artists I most wish I got to see but have never seen before. So that's a good question. Um, Probably there's a lot of artists, actually. Charlotte DeWitt, I would love to see her. Um, I've never seen Swedish House Mafia altogether. I've only seen them individually. So I've seen Axwell individually. I've seen Steve Angelo and um, Sebastian Ingrosso individually and kind of paired up two, but not the three of them together as Swedish House Mafia. So I would be really cool. And I've heard they've made a comeback. So it would be really cool to see them again. Um, Elenium I've never seen live. And then for 90s people, I would love to see Cascada live. That would be really cool. I go to a lot of 90s events. So that would be awesome. Uh, Chips would be really cool. I've never seen them. Uh, I was supposed to see Chips at this like 90s festival in Tilburg. Um, it got canceled because of Corona, but it'd be cool to see them. And then Eiffel 65. That would be really awesome. What is my favorite part about raving? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, I love all of it, but if I had to say what my favorite part is, I'd say the passion. It's just everyone who's there, they're in it for the music. They're a passionate group of people. And that's why I started Drop Bass Not Bombs. It was just, I felt that the scene had such a passionate group of people. And why can't we use that for something good? Why can't we use that for something special and something amazing? Raves are an escape. There's no doubt about it. When you enter that warehouse, that club, you're escaping from everything. You're all your problems. You close the door to the rave. And yeah, that's it's it's a huge escape. But the people there, we're all passionate. We're all passionate about something, whether it's music or social justice or sports or human rights, whatever it is, everyone there is just it's passion and all of that energy together. It can create something really beautiful. Another thing I really love about raving is the community. So I've met almost all my friends from raves 
And it's just this community of people. You can just go strike up a conversation with anyone at a rave and boom, instant best friends. So these are the things that I like the most about raving. These next questions are about my MC career and about drop bass, not bombs. So the first question, how did I become MC unicorn? Well, this is a great question. Um, Back in the day, I worked for a company called East Coast Hard Dance in the U.S. And one night I was stage managing and it was for Kutsky. Uh, I was, I think, in Baltimore. And yeah, I just I got up on the microphone and it was just saying things in the microphone. I made some announcements. I did some shouts. I just started emceeing and someone was just like, MC Unicorn. And yeah, I I would I want to say from there it just started, but actually that's not how it happened. Um, then there was like a huge pause. I, I didn't do anything with emceeing. Uh, I moved to the Netherlands. I was really busy with a lot of other things. I started Drop Bass, Not Bombs. And then in 2018, I was in Switzerland with Rob G and I emceed for his set. And then from there, it didn't stop. Uh, 2019 was insane. I had a lot of bookings all over the Netherlands. And then, of course, 2020, we know what happened, Corona. But um, yeah, I did a lot of live streams and I started a podcast. So that's kind of how I became MC Unicorn. Did you ever consider DJing or making your own music? I actually did DJ in college. My DJ name was uh, DJ Jungle Gym uh, because I did gymnastics. I was the captain of my gymnastics team. And yeah, I did DJ for a bit. I had a Newmark mix track controller, which I bought off of Craigslist from like a shady part in D.C. And yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I DJed a little bit. I played at like... Um, fraternity parties uh mostly like the honors fraternity <laughs> and the one that I was in which was a co-ed one alpha phi omega which is the community service fraternity I also played at like some Christian dance events yeah, it was pretty funny so I didn't have a thriving DJ career but I did DJ a little bit in college um and yeah I but would I consider it again no uh I don't think so um it's yeah it's too much I have already a lot of stuff going on. I enjoy being an MC, And I think, I mean, DJing is a lot of work. Producing your own music, it's a lot of work. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a no for me for now. So who would I love to MC for and which DJs would I like to collaborate with? This is a great question, too. Um, well, I, if you know me, you know I love terror. Uh, if you guys don't know what terror is, go and look it up. It's very extreme, very fast. Uh, form of electronic music in the hard dance category. Um, I love emceeing to terror. It's challenging because it's so fast, but it's really fun because you can just say like extreme terror and you can just say whatever you want and there's no rules and it's okay if it's not like perfect. Uh, whereas emceeing other t genres, it's the timing is really important. What you say is really important. But with terror, you can kind of just like let everything when you're emceeing for it. I mean, you can just let yourself go. At least that's my opinion. Uh, so I would really love to MC for Noise Kick or SRB. So if you're listening. <laughs> um, next, I would like to say I would love to MC for Mouth of Madness. Uh, he was on an episode of my podcast previously. And he mentioned that he is DJing now. And yeah, it would be really cool to MC for him because he taught me everything I know about MCing. So He's been my biggest mentor and teacher. So it would be really cool to MC for him while he DJs kind of the, the student teacher kind of thing. And last, it would be really cool to MC for Hista. If you guys don't know her, she is a DJ from France and that she is amazing. She is doing such cool stuff. She has amazing music. She is incredible DJ and producer. It would be really awesome to MC for her. I'm all about girl power. So that would be really cool. So what are my plans for emceeing, upcoming bookings, things like that? Okay, well, here it comes. I have a big announcement. Drum roll, please. I, I haven't told – I've maybe told one person this. I don't think I told anybody. I am working on a track. <laughs> I'm working on a track with an artist. I'm not going to say who. Um, he is not from the Netherlands. He's from somewhere else. Uh, but I'm working on a track with someone. Uh, the track has my vocals. And it's going to be really awesome. I don't know when it's coming out, but when it is, you guys will be the first to know. But I'm happy to announce that I have recorded my first track. 
So if you're not tired of my voice already, get ready. <laughs> More is coming. So that's my big announcement. So I'm really excited about that. I'm looking forward to, yeah, making more music and using my radio voice for other things other than the podcast. And yeah, you know, I love music. So this is going to be a really good opportunity. I also want to shout out uh, the Hardcore Podcast, which is another project that I was working on. That is with my friend DJ Heretic, and I'm hosting it. It's really awesome. It's on SoundCloud. So please check it out. He is continuing it on without me for now, but there are a bunch of episodes uh, with us together and that was really a lot of fun. So definitely go and check that out. It's on SoundCloud. And last live streams. I mean, as much as I say that I'm not doing any more live streams, I will probably do some more live streams <laughs> because every time I say that, so every time I say that I end up back doing live streams and we're not sure what's going to happen, of course, uh, with the Corona situation in the future. So you'll probably see me MC some live streams and hopefully I'll be emceeing live events again very soon. I don't have any plans at the moment, um, but yeah, very, very soon. And I am accepting bookings for next year. So if you're looking for an MC, hit me up. Okay, next question. Upcoming Drop Bass Not Bombs events. So hopefully next year, um, as you know, we've taken a break because of Corona. We had an event planned for May 2020. It was supposed to be in The Hague. It was supposed to be with MHGH events uh, for an animal shelter. And obviously it got canceled because of Corona. And then I had two live streams planned at a venue, also in The Hague, two really, really big live streams planned. And I had to cancel those also because of Corona and having to cancel things. It's not nice. It's not fun. It's very complicated. And especially when there's charity involved. And yeah, I just want to wait to do an event again when I know I can be sure that it's going to go through, but also that it's safe. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do an event when I don't think the situation is safe. And I think the situation is it's getting better now, but I'm just waiting for now. Uh, for now, we got the podcast. We have a lot of live streams. So I'll be back with Drop Base Not Bombs events very, very soon, hopefully next year. And I'm happy to announce that we are going to be doing sustainable events. We're going to be plastic free. Um, we're also going to have more all female lineups. So those are some big announcements, some big changes. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We will have an event very soon and you guys will be the first to know. Uh, yeah, hopefully next year. So let's just hope that the situation gets better and we can have some amazing events very, very soon. Okay, last question. So this is a question I always ask my guests and that's how do you rave for a cause? So I'm going to ask this to myself because I haven't really explained this and I'm always asking people. <laughs> so here it is. I rave for a cause by organizing raves for charity and organizing events on causes that I'm strongly about. I also rave for a cause by being positive and being the rave mom in my rave group. I look out for people at raves. If I see someone that's having a bad time or in an unsafe situation, I intervene. I help them out. I get someone some water. I tell someone to go away. I'm just, I'm, I try to be positive. I try to make a difference in the scene where I can. Or whether it's picking up plastic from the floor, recycling, that's how I rave for a cause. It's by organizing raves for charity and just being a positive influence in the scene, being a friend, being that rave mom. <laughs> and yeah, that's, I think, what it's all about. Okay, so that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the Ask Me Anything. This was a lot of fun. I didn't think that I would be able to talk for so long, but I actually could keep going. So <laughs> we're going to end it here. But uh, thank you for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. This was my very first Ask Me Anything, and I really enjoyed answering your questions and sharing more of my story. I'm hoping to do more of these in the future, so if you guys have any suggestions or feedback, please let me know. I just have a few announcements and updates before we sign off. So, I'm really happy to announce a new collaboration between Drop Bass Not Bombs and Hard.Dance. Hard.Dance is more than an online platform, it's a digital tribe. A community of hard dance lovers where you can find hard dance events in your area, anywhere in the world, and win tickets to your favorite parties. We're giving away one ticket to Climax 2021, and you can enter to win by going to hard.dance. I'll link to the contest in the show notes, and good luck.
So yesterday I had the opportunity to contribute to an amazing initiative hosted by Bye Bye Plastic to clean up the canals in Amsterdam. So that's why my voice is a little bit sore today. I was screaming and woohooing on the boat. <laughs> it was a really cool event with DJs such as Sam Felt, Cher, and Parallels. We sailed across the canal, jammed out to amazing music, and cleaned up some plastic along the way. So I can't wait for some more events from them coming up very soon. Okay, as always, if you like the podcast, don't forget to leave a five-star review and let me know what you thought of the episode and who you would like to hear from next. You can find all of the Drop Bass Not Bombs merchandise by going to www.dutchravestore.nl. We have t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, backpacks, and more. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Drop Bass Not Bombs NL. And we'll see you November 5th for another episode with a very special guest. 